in a, in a country, in a city that sometimes seems to have lost its way, I draw your attention to the book of Luke. Which has been read into your hearing, the 10th chapter, starting at the, well, I'm going to go back to the 25th verse to put it into some context. Luke, the 10th chapter, the 29th or 25th verse. Good to see you, Chief Enoch, back there. Luke, the 10th chapter. Starting at the 25th verse, and I'll be reading from the New International Version. I'm so glad to see you folks from family I just had mine last week. I was so happy to see them come. I was more happy to see them go. <laughs> I'm in church, I got to tell the truth. But hopefully you've had a wonderful time here in our city. Luke the 10th chapter 25th verse, or New International Version, and it reads like this. Listen. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal, eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, he replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, where he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levi, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he took the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one that had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Can someone say amen? amen? So this morning again for a country and a city that has seemed to have lost its way. I ask your consideration on this subject, the opportunity on the side of the road. The opportunity on the side of the road. A parable is a succinct 
simple story used to illustrate a particular point. And Jesus used them frequently during his three-year ministry in order to make things simple, to make it plain to his audiences. This parable, perhaps the most well-known, is in response to a question posed to him by a lawyer. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus essentially says, well, duh. What does the law say? The lawyer says, you love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. But this lawyer wasn't satisfied with that. So he pressed on with who is my neighbor. And Jesus tells this story, this well-known story of a man, a certain man, a nondescript man, who was going from one place to another who was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. This man was going on a road that was approximately 21 miles long. Starts out in Jerusalem about 2,100 feet above sea level, and then ends up in, Jer in Jerusalem, to be sure, Jericho, 21 miles later, 46 feet below sea level. It's a low and long and meandering road and there are plenty of places along that road, I'm told, Brother Riles, that thieves can hide out. In fact, it was so notorious that it became known as the bloody path or the way of blood. So this man is walking down this road and he gets ambushed. He, he gets jacked. He, he gets hammered. He falls among thieves who beat him up and they rob him and they hit him on his head and they leave him naked and leave him for dead on the side of the road. And a priest happens to see this man, this naked, this critically injured man, and he passes by on the other side of the road. The Bible says that a Levi, a politician of sorts, also then comes by, sees this man, this bloody, this injured, this beat up man, and he too passes by on the other side of the road. But a Samaritan comes by and sees this man, this, this hurt man, this, this naked man, this man in this horrible state, this half-dead state. And he takes pity on him, gives him first aid, takes this man to a hotel, and takes care of him overnight and the next day he gives the innkeeper some money and says that if it's not enough, that he will reimburse him for any additional expenses he may have. That was a good Samaritan. Fast forward to Savannah, fast forward to the United States in 2018. We have people going to and fro, and life happens to them. Life ambushes them. Life jacks them. Life hits them on their head. Life robs them and leaves them on the side of the road for dead. Has that ever happened to you? Do, you? do you know people like that? Going about their business and doing their own thing. They're born with the same 
opportunities and everyone else, but for some reason, those opportunities seem to elude them. You know anybody like that? Anytime you need a payment, good times. Anytime you need a friend, good times. Anytime you're out for money, not getting hassled, not getting hustled. Some of y'all got, uh, yeah, keeping your head above water, making a way when you can. I know y'all all say that. Yeah. Temporary layoffs, easy credit ripoffs, scratching and surviving. Hanging in a child line. Ain't we lucky? But for them and for many of us, there is nothing good about good times. You know anybody like that? Has it ever happened to you? That you're going about your business, you're doing your own thing, and then you get sick. Or then you get the cancer diagnosis. Or then you have the car accident. Or then mama dies. Or then daddy dies. Or then you lose that son or daughter. Or then you get divorced. Or then you lose your job. Or then you get arrested. Or the house is foreclosed. Or you get evicted. And it robs you of your dignity. It robs you of your self-esteem. It robs you of your determination and drive. It robs you of your hopes. It robs you of your dreams. It robs you of your aspirations. It robs you of your purpose. It robs you of your and you're left beat up on the side of the road. And the church, not first happening, but some other churches, come by and they see you in that state. Beaten by life. Critically injured. And they pass by on the other side of the we don't know the story, but unfortunately, too many times. Maybe we have something else to do. We see them, they're hungry, and we, we see them, they're weary. We see them, they're tired. We see them, they're beat up. They may not speak the Queen's English. They might smell a little bit, because they may not bathe in weeks. They might smell of weed. They might be on something. They might be cursing or, or talking to themselves. And yet, we pass by on the other side of the world. I know we might be busy. I'm sure that we're engaged in some worthwhile endeavor. But nonetheless, we pass by on the other side of the world. We need, as we look at a country and a city that is sometimes the law lose its right. We need to remember who our neighbor is. We have to remember the opportunities on the side of the road. There are just three quick points, well, that I want to make, and I'm going to be out of your way. I, I, I know Savannah. I know there's plenty hot around here. And so I know that the family reunion got to go eat, and I'm going to probably join you just to invite myself into your. Just, just give me my plate of chicken, just let me go and eat meat. But there are some lessons from this good Samaritan. The first thing was is that he took pity. Verse 33 says, 
that when he saw him, he took pity on him. You cease to live when you cease to see people hurting. All right. Right. And you don't hurt for them. I submit to you that don't you forget from whence you came. Some of y'all are hood rats too. Some of you didn't always have the shoes with people's initials on them. Some of you came from places where you had to walk barefoot to get to where you were going. I mean, before you had the infinity and the, all those cars with the numbers on the back. Yeah, but before you had those degrees and those alphabets behind your name, some of you are always so dignified. Some of you had to get your hair done at Mama's kitchen with that hot comb and that dad. I mean, I know the matter to all of that now. I know. I know you got it going on. And we thank God for it. But don't ever get to the point where you get to the point so high that you forget from whence you come. And unfortunately, where I sit now, I will have people to come to me and say, them people, those people. And I have the opportunity to speak truth to power and say, and you're talking about who? Don't forget. Remember that that was you some years ago. Remember that sometimes you didn't wear different clothes every single day. Sometimes you had to wash with your head and wear it twice. Don't, 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 don't forget. And here you were two and three in a bedroom. And sometimes your leftovers left over all week long. You, 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 you have to take pity. You have to feel for folk. You have to care about folk. That's your opportunity on the side of the world. First opportunity. You have to feel for people. You have to look at them and say, by God. So it's not enough, though, just to take pity, to ride by your air-conditioned car and say, those poor people. The good Samaritan not only took pity, but then he took action. Verse 34 says that he gave him first aid and took him to a hotel. Now, very clearly, here there is some danger involved. All right. He didn't know this guy. He didn't know who was even a senator. I mean, everybody sometimes who say they need help don't necessarily need help. But there's a whole bunch of people who need help that actually need help. Yes. So it's not enough to say, I, I, I pray. <laughs> you know you're going to be at my prayer. They, they need help. It's not enough for you to then decide that you are going to diagnose why they're in this state if they need help. All right. They don't need your diagnosis. Yeah. 
They don't need your consult. They don't need your second opinion. They don't need a conference call. They don't need a Skype interview. They don't need an analysis. They don't need a speculation. They need help. They need someone to take action. And here it was this man, in spite of what he had to do, took a moment out of his busy time, took a moment out of his busy schedule to address that man in front of him that needed help. I submit to you that most of Jesus' best work was done on the way to somewhere else. Addressing somebody on the side of the road. You might be passing your blessing right there on the side of the road trying to get somewhere else. All right. You don't know who you might be helping. So, so, so you take pity, and then the second thing was to take action, but then you can't just take pity and take action. You have to do what verse 35 says and take responsibility. Somebody say, take responsibility. He took this man to this hotel, stayed with him all night long. Because see, if he had just tended to him on the side of the road, gave him first aid, chances are he probably would have got jacked again, or he would have died. So he moved him from the place of danger to the place of safety. He gets him to the place of safety, but of course, you know he's robbed, he doesn't have any money. So then here, I'm going to let you stay in this hotel with me. So I know now that you are safe. Let you rest up a little bit. Now this man obviously had some place else to go. But overnight, he took responsibility for this man. Sometimes we just have to take responsibility for folks. Our opportunity is to take responsibility for people. But, but then, finally, I told you I was going to be quick. And you got a little hot. No, just me. Yeah. Well, one day you might be a whole lot higher. And for those of you who are not here, they really planned it like this. This is really, we want you to get the first African experience when the church was founded. So, so they planned it like this. We come from folks in fame, amen. amen. It's all, it, it doesn't hurt you to fame, it's all right. But finally, not only did he take pity, not only did he take action, not only did he take responsibility, he followed up by verse 35, by taking care. Okay. When I return. If it's not enough, when I return. Meaning that at some point he was coming back to check on this man. It's not enough sometimes to take pity, take action, take responsibility for somebody knowing that they'll be in the same state tomorrow. Sometimes you gotta circle back to make sure that they're all right. He's gonna take care. And if it's not enough, I will pay you on my return. And we need more people to take care. Because he returned one day. And the story doesn't go further into what happened. 
We don't know what happened from either one of these gentlemen. Hopefully they went on to live successful lives. But the reality was for that moment, this certain man, life was saved by the Samaritan. And for this moment in time, this Samaritan became immortal. Not because of who he was, not because of the degrees he had, not because of the money he had or the car he drove, drove or who his wife was, but because of what he did on that day for that certain man. And the message is that if you want to inherit eternal life, do what you can for the certain man. The opportunities on the side of the road. Because finally, as was said just a moment ago, as he returned for this man, one day somebody will return for us. He promised that he was going to come back for us. How many believe he's going to come back for us? And when he comes back, he's going to ask you the question. He's not going to ask you which series BMW you drove. He's not going to ask you the square footage of your house. He's not going to ask you where you went to school. He's not going to ask you how many degrees you had. He's not going to ask you the balance in your 401ks or your 457s or your 403bs. He's not going to ask you about your social circles or who you knew or who you met. He's not going to ask you any of those things. But he's going to ask you what did you do for the man or for the woman that needed your help on the side of the road? Did you take pity on them? Did you take action for them? Did you take responsibility for them? And did you take care of them? What did you do? What did you do? For a city and a country that sometimes lost the most simple thing, but yet the hardest thing for us to do is to remember the man, the woman, the child on the side. Those opportunities, be it in Savannah or Atlanta or Germany or wherever you are, those opportunities that you have, that you've been blessed because life is strange. Karma is real. You will reap what you sow. And one day, the person you might be helping might be the person that will be in a position to help you. And help your child. If I can help somebody. And I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or a song, if I can show somebody that he is traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. If I can do my duty as a good man, if I can bring salvation to a world once more, if I can spread his message as the master taught, then my living will not be in vain. Then my living will not be in vain. My living will not be in vain. If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can take pity 
if I can take action, if I can take responsibility, and if I can take care, then my living will not be in vain. God bless you and thank you all so much. Give us your hand, give God your heart. 